Well, good morning again, Lindsley Avenue. Good morning. It's good to see everyone here again this morning. Glad to have you if you're visiting with us. And hopefully we'll spend the next few minutes thinking about one topic that I think, anyway, is very, very important. I've titled this Final Exam, Final Exam. We pick up in Romans 14, verses 10 and 11. Romans 14, verses 10 and 11. Paul wrote here, For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. The final exam is coming. The final exam is coming. I don't know about you, but in school, final exams were always kind of scary. You know, here you are, thorough, thorough sweating here thinking about it. You know, you've been in class, you, you've tried to learn some things, but there's an exam coming and I need to prepare for it. And this exam can be the difference between, you know, doing well or if I do real poorly, failing. It was always rather scary. I mean, after all, they were final. That's the whole point. It was a final exam. There weren't any other ones. You know, if you have a test and you do poorly on it, well, maybe you can do better on the next test. But when you get to a final exam, it's final. And you had two choices. You could prepare for the final exam or you could ignore the final exam. Well, how do you think things would go if you ignored the coming final exam? Well, pretty much, Unless you're simply a genius walking the earth somehow, ignoring the final exam meant that you almost certainly were going to fail. But what if you want to prepare? Well, with the coming final exam, the one we just read about in Romans uh, 14, what should we do to prepare for this, this final exam? It seems to me like there are only really three options to prepare for the coming final exam, the moment when Paul says every one of us are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That final exam is coming. If we want to prepare, I'm going to suggest there's only three options that we have. The first possible option is to prepare for that final exam by what I will call works. Passing the final exam based on works. Doing things. Well, in Colossians 3, verses 5 through 6, uh, Paul says to the church in Colossae, he says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Look at what he says in the next phrase here. On account of these things, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. So, there are certainly things we really need to stop doing that would to avoid failing the exam. When that exam comes, if I am engaged in certain behaviors, those behaviors will essentially be, it seems, like an automatic fail. Sexual immorality, big word. Usually it's talking about behaviors that happen, let me just be blunt, with our clothes off, outside of being married to somebody. And that was a big problem in the first century. It's a big problem today. 
We can fail that coming final exam when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ if we have not made efforts to avoid these behaviors. When we think about doing the right things, the right things, in that same chapter, Paul gives us some behaviors that we should replace those bad behaviors with. He says, put on then compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, forgiving one another. Put on love and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. So can this work? Is this a way to pass that coming final exam? All I need to do is not do the bad things and do a whole lot of the good things. Is that going to work? I'm going to suggest to you no. I think the Bible is pretty clear that is not going to have us pass the final exam. I can fail the final exam by doing the wrong things, but doing the right things is not going to make me pass the coming final exam. We read this earlier. Thank you for reading it. You did a great job. Matthew 7, 22 and 23. On that day, what day? That's really the final exam day. On that final exam day, many will come to Jesus. Many will come to me, he said, and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many, many mighty works in your name? Didn't we do all these great things, these good deeds, these good behaviors? Look what the response is. Then Jesus says, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Now, I don't know about you, but the things they are suggesting didn't sound like lawless behaviors. To me, sexual immorality and all these other things we read about just a moment ago, those sounded like lawless behaviors. What these individuals would be saying to Jesus sound like good behaviors. They were prophesying, they were speaking, they were sharing the message of Jesus. They were casting out demons and they were doing mighty works, helping the sick, praying for people. Those don't sound like lawless behaviors. But I believe what Jesus is pointing out here is that if that's how you intend to pass the exam on that final day, that final exam, it ain't going to work. It is not going to work. So from a final exam, doing things by works, doing the right things, is that going to help me pass it? No. Take a look. Jesus says in Luke 17, 9 through 11, does he, the master, thank the servant because he did the things which were commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, simply say, we were unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. You don't get praises for doing the things you are supposed to do. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Very specifically here, Paul says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one may boast. We are not going to pass the final exam on that day because of our works. So, no, you can fail by doing the wrong things, 
But doing the right things is not going to save us. Let's put it this way. You cannot visit enough sick people. You cannot give enough clothes to the people that need clothing. You cannot feed enough people. You cannot do enough things, enough of the right things, to get a passing grade in that final exam. Works is not going to do it. So can you pass the final exam by works? No. That is the consistent message throughout the Bible, throughout the New Testament. The final exam's coming. If I want to prepare, I'm not going to pass it simply, merely, by doing all the right things. I can fail by doing the wrong things, but by doing the right things, I am not going to pass the final exam. So what's another option? If I can't pass the exam by doing all the right things, what's another option? Another approach some people might suggest, another possible approach, is to try to pass the final exam based on knowledge. Knowing the right things. Knowing enough of the right things. Now when you think about it from a school perspective, this is what most of us are familiar with. In fact, this is the approach I really recommend if you're still taking classes in school to try to pass that exam. Is to study, to know all the right things. Well, I remember an exam in school. Alright? And in that exam, we could bring in one piece of paper with anything written on one side of the paper that you wanted. Anything. Whatever you wanted, if it could fit on one piece of paper, you could bring it in. We called it a cheat sheet, although I don't know why it was a cheat sheet if it was okay by the teacher, but that's what it was called. A cheat sheet with anything on it we wanted. So I spent an hour putting every page of notes I had the entire semester onto that one page. That one page. Now, strangely enough, I actually found that cheat sheet some time ago. I found the cheat sheet, and it sure was a lot to know based on that cheat sheet. So I want you to take a look at Gene's cheat sheet. All right? This is what I went into the final exam with, and I've got some zoomed in places. I mean, some of this stuff up here, if the uh, marginal price is greater than the average price, then the average price is increasing. I mean, all these different things, right? It was economics. But it was all on here, cost curves and all this kind of stuff. I had everything we had talked about, the entire class, on this piece of paper. I thought, I have to be prepared. This is going to be easy because I know all the right things. Is that the way God has told us to prepare for the coming final exam? And by the way, in that school exam, I got into the test, nothing on my cheat sheet had anything to do with the questions on the exam. <laughs> I knew you there. I knew everything on the sheet, but that was not the final exam questions. So I learned a lot, but it didn't prepare me for the final exam. Is this what God suggests from the Bible? Well, in some ways, sometimes it seems that way. In 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul wrote, Study to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. We are to study 
We are to study the Bible. That's why we have Bible classes. That's why we have a message during the worship service. We are to, in fact, learn more about God, about serving God, about loving our neighbor. So let's see how we're doing here. God has said to study. Let's see how we're doing here. I've got an exam for us. I told Lolo was coming. She doesn't know the questions. But I've got an exam for us. How prepared are we for an exam, a final exam, if that's what it's going to be based on knowledge? Okay? I'm going to have three questions. Do not call out answers. In fact, I thought about now having you all have a piece of paper and force you to write down an answer. But just keep it in your head up here. Let's see how good we're doing. If the final exam is on knowledge, would you pass if these were the questions? Question one. How many different Hebrew words are in the Old Testament? Can you tell we're going to fail already? Uh. How many different Hebrew words are in the Old Testament? Could that be a question on the final exam if it's based on not? It sure could. So I want you to make a, make a guess. Make a guess. How many different, different Hebrew words? That's what it was written in. Not English Hebrew words are in the Old Testament. Question two. How many promises are in the Bible? How many different promises are in the Bible? Hmm. All right, question three. Believe it or not, I've run into some people that know the answer to question three that I chose. But to pass, you've got to get them all right. If you miss one of these three questions, that's a fail. So the third question is, what is the longest name in the Bible? I've actually run into some people that know that. But you've got to pass all three. How do you think you've done? Phil's got the right response. I, if it's going to be based on knowledge, I have failed in advance. I freely admit it myself. But let's look at the answers. I asked you, know, your answers written down? The answer is 8,674 different Hebrew words. Whoops. I said 8,673. I said 8,672, but it's a fail. I've missed that question. How many promises, different promises are in the Bible? That turns out to be 1,260. 1,260. And what's the longest name in the Bible? It's this guy, Meher Shalal Hashbaz. That's in Isaiah 8 1. So how'd you do? I got the question two right, but that's it. <laughs> Tommy, did you pass any of these? It, it's, it, I imagine we have to have an incredibly studious Bible scholar to pass. And I just picked three questions. Could there have been all sorts of other questions? Yes. Could I, as a teacher teaching a class, guarantee everybody fails by pulling out the hardest questions possible? Sure. If I wanted, if I was teaching a class and I wanted you to fail, I could always make sure everybody fails. I remember when I was teaching in Lipscomb, I gave a multiple choice test. And it was a, a math class where you had like four answers and you had to mark on a thing, A, B, C, or D. And giving out the results, there were 20 questions. And I remember giving the, the, the result to one of the students and he looked at it and said, I missed the one. It's like, how could I have missed every one of them? But when there's multiple choice, there isn't any partial credit or any of that stuff. Poor guy. I mean, he was really despondent. He made a zero out of 20. 
I, I made sure we, I, I didn't, I didn't ding him too hard. He ended, he passed the class. I wasn't about to give up a zero. But on that last day, if the exam's based on knowledge, I think we're going to fail. If the exam is based on doing the right things, we're going to fail. But there's good news. There's really good news because the final exam that we're all headed toward is not based on works and it's not based on knowledge. It's not based on knowing how many individual Greek words are in the New Testament. It's not. So what is it based on? final exam is based on knowing the right person. You know, if you had tried that in school to know the teacher, what, we, what would we call that if the person's really a friend with it? You would say the teacher's pet. It never works in school. For one thing, you could get beat up. You could get beat up by the other students, right? That's always a problem. But in this case, the only way to pass the final exam is to know the right person. To pass the final exam, we have to know the right person. Now, if we don't know the right person, what if we don't know the person giving the final exam? Well, look at that. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 8. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God. If I don't know the right person, if I do not know God, if I do not know Jesus, I am headed for a bad outcome on that final event. Titus 1.16 talks about people and says, they profess, they say they know God, but they deny Him by their works. You can say, I know God, but if I'm living my life doing all those behaviors that I shouldn't be doing, those will guarantee a fail. He says these people are detestable, disobedient, and they are unfit for any good work. So if I don't know the right person, I can fail that final thing. We read this in Matthew 7, 22 through 23. On that day, many are going to come to Jesus and they'll say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then Jesus will declare for, to them the part I never, notice what he says, knew you. I don't know who you are. We need to know Jesus and Jesus needs to know us. But there's another outcome. If we go to that final exam thinking we're going to pass it on works, thinking we're going to pass it based on knowing everything, thinking we're going to pass it even if we don't know Jesus, we're going to fail. But the only way to pass the coming final exam is in fact to know the right person. Look at John 10, 27 through 28. Jesus speaking here. He said, my sheep, my followers, hear my voice know them and they follow me I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand Jesus knows the people who follow him so if I want him to know me I need to follow him I need to know Jesus I want to make sure he knows me in Matthew 10 31 through 32 Jesus speaking to his disciples says therefore don't be afraid 
You are of more value than many sparrows. A whole lot of birds float flying around. Tree in the fall, throw a rock toward a tree, 100,000 birds seem to come away from it. A whole lot of birds, God knows every one of them. Look what he says. Everyone, therefore, who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. If I know Jesus and I am saying I know Jesus to other people, if I talk about Jesus as a follower of him, Jesus is going to say, I know this person. And say to God, I know them. And that will be the only way past that coming final exam. It's based on relationship. The only way to pass that coming final exam is to be based on relationship. 2 Timothy 2.19, God's firm foundation stands bearing his seal. The Lord knows those who are his. 1 John 4.7, Beloved, let us love one another. Why? Because love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. If you're showing love in your day-to-day -day living, how do you show you love God? By loving your neighbor. How do you show you love God? By avoiding behaviors that he really does not want us involved in. And has told us, do not do these things. If I follow Jesus, I'm going to be focused on knowing Jesus. And Jesus will know me. That's the only way to pass that coming by example. So my question to you this morning is, do you, do you know Jesus? That final exam is coming. That is the only question in prepping for that final exam that matters. You're not going to get a final exam of 100,000 questions where you have to know every answer in order to pass that final exam. There's one question and only one question that matters. Do you know Jesus? If you don't know Jesus yet, you really need to get to know him. You need to put your life in his hands. Or do we say that we know Jesus, but we deny him by our words? I know Jesus, but I don't show love for my neighbor. I love Jesus, but I don't make efforts to avoid the behaviors that God says are generating his wrath. Are you living for God, or are you living for yourself? That's what I really want us all to think about since that final exam has come. Let's stand with you. Thank <laughs> you.